Welcome to Talking New Energy, a podcast from Delta EE, the new energy experts. We'll be talking about how the energy transition is developing across Europe, with guests who are working at the leading edge of this transition. Hello, and welcome to the episode. Today, we're looking at electric vehicle charging solutions for people in apartment buildings and multifamily homes. Now, when EVs were a niche market a few years ago, most people buying electric vehicles were pretty well off and typically had their own driveway where they could charge their car. But now, as EV adoption rises and rises, that's no longer the case. There's a a need and a market for equipping parking spaces in apartment buildings and multifamily homes with charge points. And today we're talking with two people at the leading edge of this particular part of the market as well as, as always, our in-house Delta E expert. So let's say hello. First, Hilda Holdus, um, who is chairwoman at Norway-based Movil, as well as being partner at investment firm Sasia. Hello, Hilda. Hello. Um, Hilda, thanks for joining. Uh, can you give our listeners a brief introduction to Movil, please? Well, Movil is... Um... Well, it's a, it's a charging operator that's specifically focused on multi-dwelling um, apartments and, and uh, homes. And uh, it's been doing that since 2016. So it was pretty early on. But then in Norway, of course, we have a new cell rate of uh, electric cars now at, what is it, almost over 80%. So it's, 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 I mean, it's been building up over these years that we've been in, in, in business and we've seen a lot of the changes. So what we focus on, I mean, there are lots of players out there in the Norwegian market, but what makes Movell different is um, the fact that we're so close to uh, understanding what the end user want. We want it to be a fair uh, charging uh, infrastructure that you know what you're paying for and that actually you're not paying more than you should so uh, that's what we're trying to to achieve and to 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 spread it out as as much as we can basically and in terms of scale can you give our listeners an idea and whether it's people or revenue or number of charge points or uh, that kind of metric so if you look at the amount of charging points we have under our um, administration that's approximately 4500 um but you know, there can only be, be one um, operator at each uh, parking facility, which means that we have a huge order reserve because there are not um, chargers installed at every parking lot. So that consists of almost 20,000 parking lots. Okay. So you've been busy. You and your, your colleagues have been busy since 2016 then. It's been, and especially the two last years, it's been really uh, changing a lot. Yeah. Okay, thanks, Hilda. We'll come back to you shortly. Uh, let's say hello to our second guest today, Bastian Bat, Managing Director at France-based Born Recharge Service. Hello, Bastian. Hello, John. Now, uh, I didn't pronounce Born Recharge Service as it should be pronounced, so how should it be pronounced? Just just the shorter way, BRS. It will be uh, easier for everyone, I guess. <laughs> BRS, okay. Um, Likewise, can you give our listeners an elevator pitch for for BRS, who you are and what you do? Yeah, sure. So BRS uh, is a French CPO founded in uh, 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 2012. So 
uh, quite early in, in France. Um, and our specialty is uh, providing charging solution uh, for people living in a, in apartment complex. Um, based on the fact that uh, you want to charge, but uh, the electrical cabinet you need to plug your charger in is not your own and it, it, it's shared with the other, uh, the other owner and people living in, in that building. So our motto is basically, um, we'll see, I guess, later the different business model, but our motto is that you pay what you drive. Okay. Yeah, so it's not as... Uh, well- well, we'll come on to the challenges in a minute, but it's easy, I think, for listeners to see that compared to installing a charge point in your own driveway where you're responsible to install it in an apartment building, parking space, it's not so straightforward. Exactly. Um, Bastian, uh, in terms of BRS scale, uh, likewise, would you like to give us a listeners a feel for uh, the progress of your company? Yeah, sure. So as of today, we operate uh, only in France. And uh, in terms of uh, active charge point, we have 2,000 units. So yeah, 10% of what Norway is, but I guess the market is catching up somewhere uh, at some yeah. point in France. So we have great hopes. You're not, not yet at that 80% of car sales being EVs yet. Not yet. No. Uh, okay, thanks, Bastian. We'll come back to you shortly. Uh, Third and final guest is my Delta EE colleague and expert, William van der Baal. Hello, Will. Hi, John, and hi to everyone listening. Um, Will, can you just give us um, a bit of a feeling for why this sector is important? I said at the beginning, the first EV adopters typically had their own driveways, now adoptions um, scaling. But how important is this sector of apartment buildings and multifamily homes? Yeah, it's a good question, John. And just for our listeners, I think I'll probably use multifamily homes or condominiums interchangeably, so I'm meaning the same thing there. Um, but why is it why is it important? There are a number of reasons from different perspectives. I think first, from looking just from a business perspective, multifamily home charging presents a, a big opportunity. Um, by our estimates at Delta, just making sure I get the numbers right, I think there are around forty-seven million multifamily home parking spaces in Europe. And that's roughly one third of the total residential parking spaces. So there is a big total addressable market there. Um, and, so and people, yeah, people can e- easily imagine someone's driveway, but uh, they should just as easily imagine parking spaces in apartment buildings or condominiums. Exactly, yeah. The people yeah. who live in apartment buildings also have cars and, and need to park somewhere. So there, there yeah. is a, a big market there. Yeah. Um, the second reason which, which comes to mind and moving a bit away from the business side of things to to a more thinking around equity and fairness, I as an EV owner, I shouldn't be prevented from getting an, or as a car owner, I shouldn't be pre- prevented from getting an EV just because I live in a, in a multifamily home. Um, so in order to, I guess, um, keep pace with EV adoption and, and make EVs as accessible as, to everyone as possible, we need to have solutions for those individuals who, who do live in multifamily homes. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and the third reason that, that comes to mind is EVs are, are batteries on wheels, right? They, they provide energy storage. And if we want to get to net zero as quickly as possible from an energy system perspective, we want all those EVs providing energy system services. And that means 
EVs that live in single family homes, but also EVs in multifamily homes. We need to try and get them plugged into the energy system as, as much as possible. Okay, so there's an advantage having them parked and plugged in most of the time rather than parked and then the owner having to go to a charge point and just plug them in for a short period of time to charge them. Exactly. The, the big benefit of EVs is, yeah, they provide mobility services, but they can also provide energy system services, but they need to be plugged in to be able to do that. Uh, to add on, on uh, what Will just said, I think uh, the distribution across the different countries in Europe is, is quite different. For example, in France, 44% of the inhabitants live in a in apartment complex. Uh, so we are talking uh, several millions of parking spots to, to, to be covered. Hmm. Well, that's actually different in Norway, where most people own their own home and, and not that I mean, the rate is is uh, is lower. There's lots of villas in Norway, but we're not that many people anyway. So, <laughs> but yes, it's still an important market. I think what's quite interesting is looking, yeah, as Bastian said, which countries have the most multifamily homes, and I think a couple of the big ones are Germany, France, Spain, which also um, account for a large percentage of the total passenger vehicle park in Europe. So if we can sort multifamily home charging out in those countries, we're going a long way towards sorting multifamily charging home out in, in the whole of Europe. So what makes this sector hard? You know, I, I can see, well, I've got a charge point in my driveway. I'm lucky enough to have a driveway at home. Um, what are the challenges. Will, do you want to start and then Hilda and Bastian, great to get your perspectives on that. Yeah, I'll, I'll start off with just providing quite a high level view and I think Bastian and, and Hilda can probably provide a bit more um, real life insight. But I think the first thing you need to realise is multifamily homes, it's, it's quite a broad, there's a broad variety of property and parking situations when we talk about multifamily homes. You've got I guess from a from a property perspective, you could have a new build or a retrofit. It could be a, a very large apartment block or a much smaller duplex. It could be um, tenant owned or 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 landlord or landlord owned. So so there's a number there's a variety of property types within multifamily homes, but there's also a variety of parking types. You could have um, dedicated or shared parking spaces. Those parking spaces could be underground or they could be open. So there are a lot of different combinations and I think the unique challenges with each of those different combinations. Um, but having said that, we, we looked across multifamily homes in, in Europe and, and segmented the challenges into, into four buckets. The first bucket are the technical challenges. So these are challenges related to the physical installation and, and operation of the charging infrastructure. So is there enough power supply to that multifamily home to, to install those charge points? Is there really long wiring that, that's required, for example? Um, so those are the technical challenges. Then you get structural challenges, which are quite unique to multifamily homes. So that's the property's organizational setup. So for example, I, as an EV owner, do I need to get permission from the relevant stakeholders, like the homeowners association, to, to install a, a charge point? And all of these stakeholders have different incentives, so that makes it, it, it quite tricky. Um, the third challenge, which we, we um, we'll, I'm sure we'll touch on a bit, is policy challenges. So these are challenges related to the regulation, legislation, policy, it could be a barrier, could be a, a driver. Um, for example, right to plug in France makes it easier for, for, for condominium owners or, or dwellers to install a charge point, but that's not the same across the whole of Europe. 
And the fourth and final challenge are the market challenges. So um, these are challenges related to the EV market and the multifamily or home market. So, for example, the low penetration of EVs means there's maybe insufficient demand for charge points in, in, in multifamily homes, which creates its own barrier. If there's only one or two EV owners in a whole multifamily home, they're going to struggle to to install a charge point compared to if there was 80% of, of that ownership owned in, in EV. Well, having laid out these challenges, um, I'm thinking, God, this is a tough market. <laughs> it is. Uh, but, it is. Uh, it's a market where it needs solution, but it's a hard market. Uh, Bastian Hilder, you know, did you pick the right market or do you agree with those challenges or interested in how you found ways around those challenges? I, I, I think totally. It, yeah, sorry, go ahead, Bastian. No, please, please. Um, yeah, I think it's it's a difficult market, uh, but it's it's uh, one of the most passionating because uh, first thing first, you need to to solve the first barrier. It's it's the level of uh, knowledge of or education that the the, the people living in this in this complex uh, has on, on what they can and they can't do. Uh, and in France, at least, many persons still think that it's impossible to uh, to have a uh, private charger when you live in such uh, in such a condominium. So the first thing is to uh, explain them that it's 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 possible. On the other end, uh, the other extreme is that uh, people who know that they can have a charger, but they expect that uh, the moment they make their decision, the charger will be installed the next day like if, if it was their garage or, or drive, driveway. And it's, it took time to explain that uh, it's not exactly like that. Uh, so yeah, again, it's, it could create frustration. And sometimes it can delay because people say, okay, if I cannot my, have my charger now, I will took it in three years when I will uh, refresh my, my leasing. Yeah, it's, um, I think it's... Um, it's some a somewhat challenging market, uh, obviously, um, but it is also highly rewarding when you first get it right. And uh, th there are, I think, there will be changes that makes it easier, especially when we talked about the legislation and regulations that has to be changed. Because I think in order to make the adaptation of EVs happen, you need to, to have this in place. Most people charge, like 95% of the charging in Norway is done at home. So people only use fast chargers when they have to go somewhere far away, right? So so this is this is needed. In order to do this, you need to, to tackle this, this challenge. So I think it will become easier over time. And, and we've seen that in Norway. And we had the same struggles that you, you said, uh, Bastian, with the initially people didn't know what they, they wanted and they, they thought they would just set up the system like they wanted to uh, and, uh, and, and make bad decisions, basically, which ended up making systems that and charges that didn't talk to each other. You couldn't have the the like um, find an optimal solution for that garage, for instance, that would create a much higher energy use and stuff like that. But that's we see that's changing. People are getting more and more informed over time now as as the adaptation of EVs are increasing. And then there's the the the, the structure. Who's going to pay for this, right? Uh, and in Norway, the most people own their own. Apartments, even when they live in condom, condom, sorry, <laughs> multi-dwelling multi, multi apartments. <laughs> sorry, uh, you get my drift. But anyway, um, 
even when they live in, in those kinds of, of uh, housings. And um, uh, so, so, but it's, there's been like, like one person's coming saying, I want charging and then the rest say, we won't pay for it. But now actually the legislation has changed so that if you want charging uh, in the, the garage that it's for everyone, then you have to pay for the installation of your charging box and the actual charging point. But the infrastructure in itself has to be shared on all the users in that garage. And that's by law. So, so you, and also the only reason why your landowner or um, the board of the condominium um, can refuse that is because if, if it goes over a certain threshold um, and it's too expensive, basically. And that's it. And, and now people are also saying that seeing that this is a benefit for them because uh, they, they see that they could sell their apartments at a higher price if you have this in place. So there are lots of things moving this ahead in, in the right direction. So what's been the, Hilda, what's been the hardest thing in growing your business from 2016 to those 20,000 charge points now, do you think? I think it has been the fact that, you know, to, there's only one person who wants this. And then, you, it's, you know, even though if you have the client who potentially wants to install something, then you, you won't get the go ahead from the board of the building or something like that. Uh, but now it's more of a land grab situation in Norway after the legislation change. Uh, so, so that's been much easier. Then next is the perception of cost which has led to um, a range of, uh, let's say, creative business models um, with leasing and, and, and very expensive leasing, um, which is not very favorable for the client in the long run. So those kind of things has been difficult, but that is also changing slightly now, even though we still see that. What is difficult as well is that the dynamic in, in one garage is it's uh, really different from one to another, meaning it's very unlikely, at least in France, that you have 10 persons that make the decision to bring their own charging solution at the same time. So uh, installing one, it's it's now easy, uh, somehow to some extent. What is complex as well is the scalability from uh the connection of one charger to the existing electrical cabinet to the deployment to uh, uh, electrical infrastructure, which is dedicated for EV charging only uh, because uh, the the owner, usually they don't want to pay for that yeah. because they are, not, they are not sure if they will use it at some point nor when. So uh, we as operator, as service provider, we have to find solution to be able to carry on this uh, investment and, and basically make our calculation and took our risk about when we will cover that cost and, and what is the impact to, to still uh, be at a price level which is acceptable for, for everyone because in France as well, the regulation has, has made some progress. So you have the right to plug, as we'll say. So meaning if you are owner or only a tenant, you, you, can, you can pay, you can have your solution, but you have to pay. Um, uh, when it comes to uh, having the, the collective uh, infrastructure, the cost is, is not affordable for, for one person. So yeah, the, the complexity is, is, is there at the moment, uh, convinced that, yeah, uh, if you don't want to make that investment, we as an operator, we can do that. Uh, but we have some, uh, um, of course, uh, technical limit uh, and, and, and commitment to, to have from, from, from the from the complex. So, Bastian, you're taking some risk then and you're investing that infrastructure. 
we, we can say so. Um, uh, we believe that the risk is, is limited to uh, 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 a temporal risk, if I might say, because with the regulation in place and, and the, the dynamics uh, to uh, for EV adoption, whether it's because uh, the regulation at European level say that no ice or that at local uh, level like Paris City says that each year that you they, they extend the ban for for ice vehicle, uh, you know that uh, uh, at some point uh, you will have uh, enough uh, user in the parking uh, yeah. to, the market, to cover the, the market's car. moving in your direction. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. it requires face and as well to be able to uh, uh, control uh, the the the. the cost of the infrastructure you, you will implement and as well the, uh, the scalability of it. To give you an example, uh, on a parking which is 100 uh, parking spots, uh, it's unlikely that anyone uh, deployed um, 100 kilowatt uh, power from day one. Uh, you, will, you will plan for that, but you will bring it gra gradually. Yeah, yeah. Hill, did you have that same balance yourself? Are you taking that risk? Are you investing in the infrastructure? At the moment, no. We might have to, I mean, we, when we move uh, outside of Norway, since we're not only in Norway right now, we, we will have to consider that. But in Norway, um, actually, we make the... the they, they pay for it themselves. And, and they're all always... I mean, it's the, it's the whole... Um, apartment building or whatever who, who pays for for this everyone who has access or going to use this and this is again by law who's going to use the garage now and in the future they will have the the cost shared uh on that so it's part of like i mean you pay for i don't know the infrastructure common infrastructure in in your building or cleaning or whatever so it's it's the same it's the same thing um so what we do is to help them set this up in in a cost-effective way we do all the the planning and projecting and and uh, you know make sure that it is it's made ready for actually charging points on all the different uh, um uh, lots in in that garage uh, so do you find yourself playing politics between the owners of the different apartment blocks or do you try to steer clear of that uh, we stay clear of that we just try to put and um, make it as easy for them as possible to do this and that's the key so we just say that listen this is the price this is you know what you will get and and it's not like that anymore that they will come and they will have some fancy ideas and like i want this specific uh, charger well that could be okay but then another neighbor would like another one and then you have you know which is very difficult to to uh, optimize um so you you would have to uh, i mean you, you go to them you just provide them with a with a, a ten or or um, an offer and if if they like that they will take it or otherwise they will not so so we just stay clear of that we just try to make it as easy as possible and there's all challenges we we had is as well uh, at least for friends you you might have one customer, but you have three people to convince uh, the, the the person who will be your, your customer, the, the user of the charging point. But as well, you need to uh, convince the apartment management committee and the property manager. Uh, the, um, the apartment management committee, they just want to understand that if someone wants to charge, that person will, will handle the cost. And the property manager uh, is 
the only thing you want, not on the only thing, but one of the things you want, you don't want to add extra loads, extra workload uh, on his to-do list by having to uh, uh, handle the installation request. And after that, um, uh, to as well uh, handle more more uh, workload on a daily basis because unlikely to your private charger on, on your driveway where you know what you pay because you are you are the one who has the energy contract behind that. Yeah. Uh, uh, in our in our use case, the energy contract is is a shared one uh, with with multiple users. So one of our job as well is to uh, the service we provide is the one to say hold on no worries, dear user, you will be able to charge. Dear uh, um, uh, apartment committee, be sure that the user only pays and that you, you don't offer them free lunch. And for the uh, property manager, guys, be sure that we will took, uh, we'll handle the, the billing and the servicing of that so that the money goes uh, automatically from, from the user pocket to the, to the account of the, of the property of the apartment management uh, committee at, at the facility manager. Yeah. Okay, this sounds and, and that's what yeah, that's what we do is is that we actually take over the energy contract in the in the the garage or the parking facility and uh, make sure that everything is invoiced accordingly as you I mean you pay for what you actually do and we will also make sure that the electricity is charged as well. So we will do and that's one of our uh, strong points as well. One thing is the, the the thing with installation, all that everyone does that. But what we make sure is to to show them the cost, the true cost of of leasing and also of renting um, this compared to actually taking up a loan yourself, which is actually much cheaper. So and you will have control over everything. And then after that, we make sure that it's totally seamless. Everything you do, you just plug in and you receive an invoice uh, monthly, and that's it. And then no, no one in the apartment uh, committee or whatever would have to do anything other, other than just, you know, keep track of what's, uh, you know, that uh, like annually if they have renewed a contract and if someone is unhappy, they they'll come to them. But our point is to to make them as happy as possible all the time. So Hilda, will you build uh, smart? Are you building smart charging? Can you see yourself building vehicle to grid into those electricity? contracts and the billing uh, arrangements almost definitely i mean it's what's super interesting with this business it's like a merger of three markets sort of so you have the charging itself and then you have which is a whole set of different uh, a whole different value chains and whatnot and then you have um the energy side of it which is also super interesting like you're going to right now but then you also have the parking side of it so you could just combine all of these three and you could really play with the business models in very interesting ways over the coming years and i think um i think uh, to to look at how you could uh, i mean do uh help the grid uh, with flexibility you could uh, I mean that's the first one right that's the easy easy one and then the next would be uh, maybe at some point to do vehicle to grid and maybe you could even install batteries in the garage you know to to make charging easier and also with the crazy energy prices we're having right now that would be more interesting actually that business case could be, be 
yeah, a better one. So there, there's so many things you could do. And that's also why uh, now I'm speaking as an investor, we chose to go in close to the customer because I think that's where you, you have to be because this this space is in development. I, I, I can't really describe how the value chains are going to look in a couple, or this whole ecosystem is going to look just in two, three years because there are so many interesting technical technology developments that's going on and also on the business side so it's super interesting to work with yeah i can see how it could you could expand that business in different directions so one direction i'm not sure how well it would work in rainy bergen on the west coast of north (laughs) um solar panels on roofs of apartment building shared energy contracts there's that would be one angle but through the those three value chains you characterize charging energy and parking sounds like there must be so many possibilities and your challenge might be how to focus or which direction to take it. Exactly. But of course, uh, energy is definitely what the client is interested in to, to have cheap charging and, and maybe we could have business models where they could charge at night and not during the day or whatever, just to, I don't know. This is, there are lots of opportunities here. The opportunity stands as well on the fact that we can we can know the charging behavior and so go for a specific uh, uh, tariff structure related to the, the charging curve we have per, per parking and, and overall uh, uh, on, on the entire customer base. So we can we can have value uh, to be shared between us and our customer because ultimately if they charge at home it's for convenience but it's as well because it's 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 the more it should be the most affordable solution. Um, um, and the other uh, opportunity, uh, uh, from my perspective, there are, there are many, of course. It's uh, it's the smart uh, smart charging in the sense uh, support support the grid by being able to change the uh, the uh, the power output uh, that uh, that we can deliver because we have basically the control uh, over the entire the entire uh, chargers um, in in the parking. Uh, something that you cannot have if you put uh, one meters on each parking spot and then and then yeah. one charger behind that. Yeah, lots of I opportunity. Think, I think that's a good point, Bastian, is around with with energy management, smart charging, what's the, the value of multifamily homes versus single family homes? With multifamily homes, you've immediately got a much bigger load that you're able to to control and, and mm. provide energy system services where with single family homes, you're still operating just with one seven kilowatt charge or, or one, one customer. So you immediately have access to a much bigger load that, that provides a, yeah, obviously a competitive advantage, I think with energy management for multifamily homes versus single family homes. So, well, you see, we've got, we're talking with Hilda and Bastian today, uh, Mobile and, and BRG, i uh, sorry, BRS, do you see lots of other companies specializing in this space or do you think it's not getting the attention it needs when you look across Europe? Well, I, see, I see Hilda nodding her head there and I think the answer is probably it depends which which country you look at. I think take take Norway as an example where we know they're at the forefront of of um, the EV uptake and I think there's then a lot of a lot more companies focusing on that multifamily home segment because we've reached that mass market stage where multifamily home owners are are, are starting to get EVs. We compare that to, um, say, Spain or Italy or, or maybe even Central and Eastern Europe where, where the uptake has been lower. Um, there it's still the kind of early adopters who have who live in single family homes have off street parking and, and they still 
the, the ones getting EVs. So there's probably less companies then focused on on, on the multifamily home segment. I think the interest is rising as well with with the level of uh, EV adoption and the, the fact that we now have not only first uh, uh, first car for user, but we have people with several years of using driving an EV and they understood quite uh, well that the benefit of home charging. Um, so in that sense, uh, the interest for for that segment is growing and. Um, at the moment in France, we don't have big player on, on, on that field, meaning the utility company and, and the oil major uh, do not have their own subsidy specialized on, on that field yet. Uh, but I think it's just a matter of time until they, they make a move in, in, uh, in that direction. Mm. You, you mentioned international expansion. So looking to take your, lead, your lessons from the leading edge in Norway to other markets? Uh, we're definitely going to go abroad if we want to build a big, um, robust business. You know, you cannot just stay in Norway. It's a good, uh, it's a small country, but um, it's a good place to start. Um, but then we can take our, our um, experience and, and ideas abroad and, and probably, hopefully, have uh, uh, something to offer there that others maybe don't have but we don't know we'll see and also structures are different in the different countries uh, everything from i don't know how the energy markets are to how people live and how if they own their own homes and you know laws and there could be several different things that could be be different um, so so we we have to look into that and then might need some adjustments obviously uh, the, the most interesting markets for us are not surprisingly the Nordics, um, not only because they're similar to Norway, but also because we see a, a very rapid um, uh, increase in EV sales in these countries. Take Sweden. Last year, 5% um, of new car sales were EVs, and this year is 25%. And also the segment we're in is super interesting. We see the, the other, other players in Norway who have um, not, I mean, they have different services for different charging segments like fast charging and also multi-dwelling homes like us, but they have taken the multi-dwelling home part out and this is the part they take internationally. So we really feel like we're on the, on the right track. And, and we also see that this could be interesting for for uh, Nordic and other European countries. It's an interesting point all around the different countries having different market structures when it comes to condominiums or multifamily homes. But going back to our point around smart charging, the different markets also have different energy energy markets. So it's not not only which is a yeah a whole nother beast when you when you're trying to um, yeah access new markets. Yeah. Well, it sounds like there's a lot of tailoring of the right solutions and services for each country because each country has got some quite unique uh, aspects when it comes to apartment buildings, multifamily homes or condominiums, whatever we want to call them. Yeah. Uh, let's, time's getting the better of us. So let's bring out the talking new energy crystal ball. And I'd like to set the dial this week to 2030, eight years time. And the question I'd like to pose is to each of you is this. If we look at this segment of the EV charging space in 2030, what will be the, the main business model or what will be one exciting business model 
uh, that you'd like to pull out. Keeping your answers as brief as you can, please. So um, let's go, uh, Bastian, Hilda, and then Will. Uh, I think uh, the take rate, of course, will we, we, we rise up. And I think the business model that will uh, um, maybe not be unique, but uh, 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 gain the majority of, of the market share will be uh, quite similar to the one related to the deployment of uh, optical fiber to, to get access to internet in, 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 in the building. You have, you have a core infrastructure uh, shared by, by uh, everyone. And, and then each time, each, uh, um, uh, owner is able to make his choices and, and it will likely be more and more on the subscription model. Okay. Thanks, Sebastian. Neora? So if I would have to pick one thing, it would be to have the multi-dwelling home garage as a battery, which has so many benefits in so many ways. Because, you know, one thing is to use smart charging to find the optimal time to to charge to get the lowest price, for instance, or it could be um, you could use um, flexibility or provide flexibility for the grid by stopping charging uh, or even increasing it at some point and get paid for those grid services. Um, but also at some point, uh, vehicle to grid where you actually provide electricity back to the grid. Um, you know, th there are lots of solutions here and and uh, grid operators uh, and also um, power uh, utility companies would would pay you for this. And this would give lots of interesting opportunities. Or you could even put a battery in there, an actual battery, um, in order to, to do different things. So I think we, we haven't seen the, the creative solutions you can come up here with, uh, with all of these things. But I, I think the most interesting thing is that this could help um, the end user decrease their cost of charging and it could also make sure that the capacity of the grid would be you know doesn't have to be as as large so you could actually install maybe more chargers or you know there, there are lots of different ways of, of of putting this all together and i think in the end it would benefit the end user and also make us able to provide charging as a reasonable price for everyone, which is a goal if we're going to do this transition. So uh, super exciting uh, opportunities connected to, to the interface with the grid. Yeah, exciting visions from both of you. Uh, and Will, how about yourself? Maybe cheating a bit and, and combining Bastion and Hilda's yeah. <laughs> view. I think the charging as a service business model where you pay in a monthly fee um, to access a charge point, I think that overcomes a lot of the barriers that are unique to multifamily home or condominium charging. And then the, the amount you pay would might might be linked to how often you make your vehicle available to provide energy system services. So you pay a lower rate if you can make it available for longer or a higher rate if you, if you want more flexibility yeah. with the use of your EV. Well, I think it's going to be fascinating to see how this segment and uh, probably a much more important segment than a number of our listeners uh, first thought, how it develops in the next years. And uh, Bastian, Hilda, the best of luck in uh, continuing to grow your businesses. Uh, sounds like a really exciting place to be. Um, Will, thanks for framing it and providing your uh, expertise from your research across Europe. 
And as always, thanks to everyone for listening. We hope this gave you an interesting glimpse into another part of the the EV charging uh, world and a really important part as we electrify and decarbonize transport at ever-increasing rates. So Hilda, Bastian, Will, thank you all very much for your time and sharing your experience. Thank you, John, and thanks to all the listeners. Um, Thanks to everyone listening. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode and look forward to welcoming you back next week. Thanks and goodbye. If you're as passionate about the energy transition as we are, then please keep in touch. You can follow us and me on Twitter, LinkedIn, or subscribe to the podcasts on your chosen podcast platform. If you like the podcast and like sharing, then please do rate us. And to listen to archived episodes, to read transcripts, and to see the latest Delta EE insights, then please visit www.delta-ee.com. Thank you.